Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 342 of sports. I'm Tony, and with me, we've got Off-Road Andy. Hello. We uh, do not have Sean with us tonight on this episode of sports, but on the 342 entertainment episode, we will have Sean with us. He uh, just was not able to record our uh, the sports podcast with us this evening, but we do have him in uh, entertainment, so he will, you know, you can still listen to him this week as it was a great entertainment episode, so please... After listening to this, check out our entertainment episode. You will not be disappointed. Uh, this was a pretty busy week in sports. We've got a it's big uh, crunch time. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, some MLB over-under updates that Andy and I did at the start of the year to talk about. We got the stat leader and playoff race, and then we're going to go through uh, what happened in the NFL for week two, and uh, there were some significant injuries. So you people listening that do fantasy football, there's a good chance at least one of you listening like I know I was in one of my leagues, was impacted by a very big injury that happened just uh, Monday night. And then we'll update you on the college football standing. So we've got a, we got a nice packed episode for you guys. So uh, we'll start it off with our uh, MLB, our over-under update. Uh, Andy and I do an over-under for you guys that have been listening. We do one uh, for basically for NFL, for MLB, and for NBA at the start of the year. And we kind of like to have just a little friendly competition amongst each other to see how we do at the end. And um, we've got some that have already lost, some that have already won, and some that uh, are going to be close. So uh, I'll let Andy uh, update you guys on how that's going so far. So uh, 20 teams have already uh, clinched the over or under, uh, which means there's 10 teams left. So out of the 20, uh, we are both 10 and 10. So it doesn't get much better than that. That's how it goes. That is how it goes. Um, But yeah, the 10 teams left, we got Toronto, who is likely to hit under. Yeah, why don't we say what uh, what each of us has so we can kind of get an yes. idea of who's going to... So, yeah, we can do a prediction here. So so that'll be a wash. We both have under. Okay. Um, and we'll probably get it right. Boston is probably going to go over 77.5. Uh, you had the under, I had the over. So I'm going to give myself one point here. Ooh. All right, we'll um, see. And then, let's see, next up, we've got the Twins, who are likely to go over uh, as well. Um, and we both had over. So that's a wash right there. Oh, the this Mariners. Is the one. Wow. <laughs> this is one we can't give a point yet. Mariners over under 88 and a half. Uh, they're right there. So they're not going to win 88 and a half exactly, yeah, but uh, they'll be in that vicinity. So this uh, is basically saying that uh, from their win pace, that it is about right at 89, it looks like. Yeah. Round up. Uh, and then also in the ALS, the Rangers, 82 and a half. Uh, they were like 20 games yeah, above that pace you're at some point. looking good for that one. Um, they're down to six, but that means they just need to win one more game and they will hit that. Yeah, so. which they would, which they will. Yeah, and, and if they don't hot take, they're not making the playoffs. Oh, 100%. They, they lose the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, they're going to need to be a 500 team. Uh, we also got the Phillies, who are also 88 and a half, also right on pace. Wow. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers, 85 and a half, they will hit that. They, yeah, I think, so they just I, I think I can game. get a point on that one then. Yeah, so you're going to give you a point there on the Brewers. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we've got... We're tied the rest of the way, huh? The Dodgers, we did, we have the same under. We're probably going to miss on that 96 and a half. The Dodgers are going to... That could be close. Get, I mean, if they start resting guys, if they clinch enough, they've yeah. already clinched the division. Yeah. So. And I don't know if they're going to catch Hotlanta, or maybe they will. They want to uh, stay above Milwaukee, which they most likely will as well. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll see. The Giants, 88, 80 and a half. They're in a, a tough race here, so I think they're going to try to win these games. So I think they'll go over, which we both picked. Uh, and then the Rockies, 67 and a half. We both said over. They're not going to get there. They need to win out to get there. So it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, so based on the teams that are left, I think I'm going to win 
get too over on yeah, you. Looks like you got me. So I think I'm gonna yeah win by one here. Um, but you know something something weird could happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so. That's fun at stuff. the end, we'll have to look at who the most disappointing teams. Once the team closed, I stopped up. Op- uh, Stopped updating their, their record. Okay. Um, so these numbers aren't 100% there. But, um, yeah, why don't we look at the some of the stats leaders. We've been keeping up on that. Um, I don't think Arias is going to get no. to 400. He's, we, we always he's not. Yeah. Um, but still pretty good. 354. I think he's bumped up. Um, I think he was down to like three in the three forties, low three forties. Was he? Yeah. I mean, and you know what the crazy thing is? Like we have these high expectations on him because he was batting three ninety. He was batting four hundred back in you know June or whatever it was. But uh, you know, if he gets that average up a little bit, and ends up batting in the three sixties, that's still a hell of a season. I mean, even three fifties is. But it, you know, you've reversed a little bit if he goes down a little bit more, and you know, Acuna, Freeman, and Seager, who are all at three thirty six, three thirty five, and three thirty four, stay around him, then. It's going to end up, you know, not being that impressive at all. Yeah. And Corey Seager's had uh, almost under the radar incredible season. I think he's going to end up winning MVP in the American League, especially if Texas uh, wins the division because, you know, what happened to Shohei, which why don't we just get it out right here. Shohei did have surgery. He will not pitch next year. So whether he plays for the Angels next year or not, he won't be pitching. Um, but he's been also he's been shut down. I think we mentioned that last I, week. But I feel like Shohei still did enough to steal I that think MVP. The fact that they, but the reason why such a bad record, yeah, and he didn't get to play this last. But month. And then I guess it depends how you look at it because Corey Seager was hurt a lot, so he's only played 107 games. Yeah, so that's why we haven't talked about him yet on this he hasn't list. Qualified he just until, now qualified. Yeah. So, but he. So he's I mean, leading it, the American League in wins by replacement. Yeah. So it depends uh, how you look at it. I mean, forty-one doubles, thirty-one home runs, ninety-two RBIs. That's very impressive in a hundred and seven game span. So it's almost like, well, hey, if he had thirty more games right now, I mean, he would probably have forty-something home runs, maybe like one hundred and ten RBIs. Uh, and then you just assume, like, would that average still be? I mean, I'm sure it would still be over three hundred. So yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. But the one thing that you know people still love, you know, it's that's the fact too that Otani pitches. So I mean, it's like that's yeah. I just like they're gonna. It's gonna be really held against them that um, the Angels are gonna win. Like no, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it'll Corey Seager's deserving. You know, I would have no problem if. And then another thing to talk about too, right there, really quick, is that Cody Bellinger sixth in the entire league in average. That did you see that coming? No, because especially he's been under two hundred for the last few years. Yeah, so, so good for him having a little comeback around. season with his first season in Chicago. Uh, it's always good to see a guy go to a new uh, a new place and. New face. And then this is also, I just want to point out how Atlanta is so good. Their number nine hitter is 10th in the league in average. 294. Um, he had a horrible start, too. Yeah, that, 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 that team is just so good from top to, to top to bottom. I mean, Atlanta is definitely your favorite right now to win it. Uh, they're, the, they're just the team to be. It's plain and simple. That lineup is just so, so good from one through nine. So uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun playoffs. I'm really hoping to see an Atlanta, L.A. Dodgers NLCS because I want to see the Freddy versus old team and just that whole that whole situation. Uh, but and speaking of Atlanta, still your home run leaders. Uh, these seem to be the guys that have been up there the last few years. You got Matt Olson, fifty two home runs. Um, Kyle Schwarber, who I saw a stat today, he's got forty five home runs and forty five singles. Uh, One ninety seven average. Kyle Schwarber. Pete Alonso, not even much better. Two twenty one average, but also forty five home runs. And then you get Otani, who shut down for the year with forty four home runs. Uh, Still might win the home run title for the American League, though, because all these guys are National League hitters. Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna, or no, Mookie Betts has 39 home runs, and then Acuna has 37, and then that's when the next AL player is with um, Luis Robert Jr. with 37 home runs. So seven behind Otani, 
I don't think he's going to catch him. I think Otani is, I think 44 is going to be enough to be your AL home run champ, which is crazy because you just look at this list of these top 12 guys and it's all, not only is it all uh, National League, four of the top 10 are Atlanta. <laughs> well, look, if you extend it further, so five of the top 17. So that's five yeah. guys with 30 home runs or more for Atlanta. Yeah, that's, it's, it's they're having a phenomenal, a very phenomenal season. You got to give, yeah. Unfortunately, give credit where credit's due. Uh, but if we're, when we're talking numbers here, I think we got to talk about these fifth and sixth in home runs, Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna. That's the hottest MVP race I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two guys going back and forth, they both have incredible numbers. Acuna has the average and he has the stolen bases. Yeah, 66 but, stolen uh, bases. Those caught stealings don't, don't, don't help in an MVP race as well. So you take some value away. Um, and Mookie's been able to play all over the field. It's, I don't know, it's, it's up in the air, right? It, what's going to oh, yeah. happen? Even though these two teams, probably nothing matters for them right now. Uh, it, we'll have to see the stats are what matters for the MVP race. So, uh, I did pick Mookie at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so you did. I'm, I'll give you that. I, I, I picked, that. I picked Trout, who, uh, ended up, uh, leaving before the trade deadline, I mean, before the all-star break. And I said, if they weren't going to do well, he wasn't going to come back. Well, they got on a little hot tear. They, he did come back. They got swept at home to, um, I think it, I forget. Oh, I think it was the Reds and he immediately, Left and yeah, and here we are with the the doubles leaders. Not even close. Freddie Freeman of the L.A. Dodgers, fifty five doubles. And that's, then, that's the reason I did this is just to point out. Uh, I think it's the most in franchise history. I don't think I'm, I don't know what the record is, but he's probably pretty close. That's just insane, especially because yeah. he's you know he's not stealing any doubles with like straight speed. No, um, he's but a he is a guy that a, just a good base runner. Him. He is able to get doubles when you wouldn't think so because he just is smart. Uh, you know, knowing what outfielders are going to. Okay. So the most doubles in a season was Earl Webb of the Red Sox set the record with 67 doubles in 1931. Doesn't count. So if we're going to talk about what's can, what can count, Todd Helton of the Rockies, seventh most doubles in a season with when he had 59 in 2000. All right. Yeah. Also shouldn't so, count because of course. Yeah. Count. So, I mean, let, let's, let's look at this list and see who Andy would, would be okay with saying counts. Uh, 1931, 1926, 19... Okay, let's see. 2000, Todd Helton. Okay, Andy, this is the one I think you'll you'll say counts because everything's Aaron before Erstad, 1940. Huh? Uh, 2019, Nick Castellanos had 58. Oh, that is really good. Yeah. Okay, Great. so because uh, before that, you had a guy in 1923 at 59, 1930, 59. Todd Helton in Coorsfield, 59 in 2000. Then 1936, 32, 34, 36, 36, 31. And that's 60, 62, 63, 64, 64, 67. Uh, Garrett Anderson, 2002 at 56. But yeah, so you don't, you know, in the modern era, yes, uh, 55. And he still has, what, they still have like 12 games or so? I mean, he yeah. might hit 60 doubles. Uh, turning to pitching, uh, Blake Snell is likely to be your ERA champ here. Yeah, Justin uh, Steele not too far behind, though. It's interesting. Will he win Cy Young when Steele is 16 and 4? It's the strikeouts, though. Um, yeah, I think it, it's going to be interesting there. Uh, I picked Garrett Cole for American League Cy Young, and that looks good based on the numbers, but the team is not going to make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to be. I think, Garrett, I think Garrett Cole still has it. 208 strikeouts, leads the American League in ERA. I don't see Sonny Gray's not going to be able to, to get him, I don't think. And then uh, for closers, the day of the closers is yeah, done. It's just not what it used to be. Um, yeah, no one's going to hit, hit 50 here. Um, yeah, just it's not as fun. And it's also funny to note, too, that uh, all these teams with their top closers, they're not even playoff teams. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Indians will not make the playoffs this year, and they have the league leader in close and saves of 41. 
Uh, San Francisco's technically not in the playoff, or like they're right there. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, another team that's right there, but not technically in. The Pirates won't make it. Uh, Milwaukee, that's your first playoff team, like for sure. And that's Devin Williams with 35. And then you've got Toronto with 35. And again, Seattle, Arizona. And then uh, Bautista, we have to mention, is, yeah. is out. Yeah, he's done at that. So, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see like the Dodgers top uh, saves guy, 23 saves, because they kind of switch around with who closes. So, um, yeah, the day of the closer is come and gone. It has come and gone. Um, yeah, I'm going to do another quick look here at the standings. I think the wild card is where we really want to focus on our, our attention. So, uh, that AL wild card, two spots because the Tampa, it, yeah, Tampa's clinched here. Uh, Toronto, Texas, and Seattle all separated by one game, only two spots between them though. So that's what it's going to come down to. Um, so two teams in, in their division. Um, I don't know if it's worth looking at the schedules. That's probably two or three teams, but. Uh, yeah, one of these teams is going to be very disappointed because I think... So I know Toronto's schedule, I was listening to it today, their schedule's not easy to end the season. They are three in New York right now, then they go to Tampa Bay for three, then they're home for New York for three, and then they're home against Tampa Bay. So, and also to note in the standings, uh, Toronto, I mean, New York's not in last place anymore. Boston actually took them over in last place because I saw something, Andy, that said the last time the New York Yankees finished in last place, Derek Jeter was... A junior in high school or something like that, they said. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, been they a while. finished under 500 in forever. And yeah, they, that was also in the 90s or the they, 80s or something. They got so. up there. So Yeah, now they're two games above 500. So, I mean, I think the Yankees are playing for the pride of the New York Yankee name at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a it's gonna be a tight race. And then the National League, you got the Phillies in first place in the American League wild card with the Arizona Diamondbacks only half a game back. They climbed back. They look like they were done, and they've, they've climbed back and might find themselves in the playoffs. And then you, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Then you got the Chicago Cubs, the Miami Marlins, and the Cincinnati Reds all tied up with 520 win percentage. And then the Giants two back. And then, you know, they're probably not going to do it, but you never do. The Padres are only five and a half back. I mean, they, they keep making ground. And people have said if the Padres can sneak in, that is a rotation that a lot of people don't, don't want to face. I mean, it, it has potential. And the Padres end their season with two more against Colorado and then Three against St. Louis, that's not a good team. And the three in San Francisco are going to be the big ones. And then they're whole, and then they go to Chicago, the White Sox. So, I mean, all, uh, all those teams right now technically aren't in the playoffs. So, I mean, they, I mean, crazier things have happened. They can, but the funny thing is, is those are so, like good teams that just were, are having just bad seasons. Like, no one thought the Cardinals were going to do this. They were the NL Central favorites and they're going to get the NL Central like seller this year. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. kind of funny how, you know, you never know. Baseball is a tough sport. But uh, what else we got here? We got a... Uh, yeah, anything else in baseball you wanted to No, mention? I think that was pretty much it. I mean, we got the stat leaders, the playoff race. Uh, it'll, it'll, we'll really have something to talk about in about two weeks when uh, the playoffs start and we'll get to see those first round matchups, you know, so that'll be fun. But uh, right now, as we know, it, it's football season, Andy. And, uh, and I, it's killing me. It is killing everybody. And last night, um, we... Saw a very gruesome injury, which we we were watching the game live when it happened, and we saw him grab his knee, and we didn't think it was that bad. And then we're I'm, and the way he reacted even wasn't as you know how I would have reacted if that had happened to me. But I just don't know if he just immediately went into shock or something or what. But he, uh, Nick Chubb had one of the, had a very gruesome knee injury. Uh, you can find it online. I don't you know got to have a strong stomach to watch it because it it was bad. 
He's out for the season. Uh, Deshaun Watson also didn't look good, very good. We saw multiple times he got called for a 15-yard face mask penalty while he was being under pressure. He was just grabbing guys' face masks. Uh, I guess we should get to the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers did win. Uh, they defeated the Browns last night on Monday Night Football, uh, putting them to 1-1, one and one, putting Cleveland to 1-1. One and one. Two defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Um, still a lot of red flags at Pittsburgh offense. Oh, yeah. The offense did um, not look good. They had one big play to um, Pickens. And outside of that, really struggled to move the ball there. Um, so they, they got to get better. Like, I picked them to win the division. I don't think they're going to win the division the way their offense is playing. But that's a good thing about being young is you're supposed to get better over the season. Uh, so we'll see how that goes with them. Um, yeah, with, with the Chubb injury, I, I said, like, oh, it's like Sean Livingston or something where every part of his knee bent the wrong way. And I think that's is the diagnosis is basically tore, like, every single part of it. Um I don't know how he's going to come back from it. I think it's really sad that he's been so productive and kind of has been the uh, exception to the rule that running backs don't matter because he de- definitely does matter. Um, but I think the knee is very important for a running back more than any other position. Oh, yeah. Hard cuts and everything. And if that's like a little weaker, I mean, that's that, going to be That tough. could be a, like the, his, he might never be the same. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad it was. Uh, and very unfortunate. Yeah. They kept showing... Um, his yards per carry is like the second or third best in NFL history since 1980, whatever, behind uh, Bo Jackson, who, you know, didn't ever come back from knee injury. Yeah. So uh, it was a different time, but still. Yeah. Well, you know, thoughts and prayers to Nick Chubb. I mean, it's a bummer. Uh, but um, how do you want to, where do you want to start on this list? Let's you know? stay with the other Monday night game. Not that important, but uh, I think New Orleans defense is for real. Uh, Dennis Allen's been their coordinator for a while, took over as head coach. They, they seem good in their, their two games. So I think it changes the math up on that division. Their offense still, even with Derek Carr, doesn't look great. But he you know, has a, a really dynamic receiver with Olave. So uh, it's worth monitoring that team. I don't think they're going to do anything. But I think they're a little better than what I thought going in. Oh, yeah. Um, but you want know, to go back all the way to Thursday night. Uh, Philly and Minnesota. Much better game than last year's Philly-Minnesota game, which maybe is a red flag for the Eagles. Um, because the Vikings really could have won this game. They, they turned it over four times. So that's seven turnovers on the season, seven, seven fumbles, which is impossible that you have seven fumbles and that you lost all of them, <laughs> uh, including one right before the half from Jefferson reaching out. Yeah. That was uh, bad. Those are the kill. Those are killers. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about whether the NFL should change the, that rule about fumbling out of the end zone. Cause you, you lose the ball. You don't. No one gets to recover it, but the offense loses it, which is unlike any other part of the field. Um, and yeah, very devastating. Um, just, yeah, right before the half, you're going to score points there. Um, but yeah, the Vikings go to 0 2, and they're one of the better 0 2 teams, which is, uh, there's a little bit of a theme of, of that. Now we'll get to some other 0 team, 2 teams later. Uh, you want to take this next one? Yeah, the uh, Atlanta Falcons <clears throat> uh, took on the Green Bay Packers. Um, two teams that, uh, you know, Green Bay, we were uncertain how they were going to be doing this season. I mean, we didn't know how Jordan Love was going to be, you know, Green Bay's first season in, you know, over a decade without, uh, Aaron Rodgers and, uh, Jordan Love's looked good so far. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's up there and like, I know it's early, but I know he's up there in like league leaders in, uh, passing yards that, you know, top five for sure. Uh, but Atlanta, you know, they, they're, you know, Bajon Robinson Jr. is looking, he's looking good. And uh, Atlanta won this game. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I don't even remember the exact score. We'll get it right here in a second. They uh, won the game, twenty five twenty four. Very close game. Um, 
you know, game winning field goal. Uh, Atlanta goes to 2-0. Uh, they are currently, you know, and we talked about it in our uh, NFL preview. There was a lot of sh- uh, sharp betters out there that were big on Atlanta. And I'm pretty sure Andy uh, took Atlanta to win uh, the division. I had the Saints to win the division. So we're both 2-0 yeah, both starts 2-0. for that. Uh, Green Bay Packers 1-1. And, and that division is, uh, it's very live in that division as uh, we've gotten to see that the Minnesota Vikings, what we just talked about, are not good. And we're going to get to the Chicago Bears. They're even worse. And the Detroit Lions, you know, we'll get to that game too. But uh, Green Bay currently one and one, which is tied in first place in that division. So uh, Jordan Love's look good. Like I said, I know he's up there in the uh, league leaders and passing yards. And um, if you're a Packer fan, uh, you can't be too upset with what you've seen from him. And uh, a lot of people think the Packers probably have the best defense in that division. So uh, this, you know, this might still be a year where uh, Packers win that division. And if they do, even if they don't have the best record, as long as they win that division, someone's going to have to go to Lambeau in January. And that's never easy. So, uh you know, I think early on in the season, I, I you know, I, I got to say, I like what I've seen from both these teams. They're uh, both looking pretty solid. Um, yeah, we got to we'll, we'll just switch off here. So, Andrew, right, yeah. the next game here. Next up, the AFC North matchup, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Uh, it was big for Cincinnati to not start 0-2, but they did. But they <laughs> also started 0-2 last year and won the division. Uh, but this is going to be tougher, I think, because you dropped another game to a in-division opponent. Um, and Baltimore is now 2-0. and uh, but I think the big story is is Joe Burrow still wasn't very good. He was better this game, uh, but did he aggravate his injury? Is is it worse? Is he going to miss any time? Because uh, the Bengals aren't set up to be good unless he is good uh, right now with the way that their team is. So uh, yeah, a lot of concern there. And I think it happens sometimes. You have a couple good years, and then a couple bad things happen. You still have talent, but you you have a bad season. You go seven and ten or something. So I think that's something to watch for for the Bengals there, um, and for the Ravens, yeah, good good news. Lamar looks good, even though they had injuries, they still won this game. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good sign for them. Uh, okay, this next game, I'm actually glad that uh, I got to draw this one because uh, on Sunday I actually uh, went to Huntington Beach with some buddies that are huge Raider fans. And it was all of our first times at this uh, bar uh, in Huntington Beach called Killarney's. And it's a Raiders bar. And by Raiders bar, I mean, it is a Raiders bar. Like there is about 12 TVs in them in there. Every single one was a, a Ra- was the Raider game. Uh, they've even got like, you know, how like, uh, you know, the, the guy in the corner that's got the microphone, like, you know, he's part of some club that's like, you know, probably like the diehards of, you know, Orange County or something. Uh, I'm not a Raider fan. I'm a Steeler fan, but I don't mind the Raiders. And it was it was a good atmosphere. And. Uh, the Raiders, of course, were playing the Buffalo Bills on the road. So I think we went into that game knowing that, uh, this might not be great, but there was hope early on for the Raider fans in there. And it was, it, you know, I'm one of those guys that I, I like going to like, if I don't really give a shit about either teams, I will cheer for the team that is in the atmosphere to like, you know, just increase my chance of having a good time and partying. Uh, I got a buddy of mine, Kevin and I, we went to, uh, back in like 2009, went to the 2009 or 2010, we went to the Pac 12, uh, basketball rest in peace pack 12 also but the pack 12 college basketball finals which was the championship game which was cal versus washington and that was when washington had isaiah thomas and poindexter uh solid team and we were in the cal student section and we just pretended we were the biggest cal fans like my buddy went to asu at the time so it's like you know he went to a rival Jerome randall on that team uh, there, uh for cal yeah. the short guy yeah yeah he was the okay. point guard the guy that could shoot it from wherever yeah that, it was a fun game to go watch and I don't even remember who won. I want to say Washington did because I think that Washington team, I mean, they were they were loaded. I think they had Sean Kemp Jr. too on that team. Like, it was a very good Washington team. Uh, but anyway, the point is, like, I, you know, I can I can go cheer for whoever. 
So the Raiders had that first opening drive, looked good, and it was, you know, they scored within like a couple minutes and everybody had hope. But man, they did not. After that, though, they just took over. Josh Allen just bullied them. Uh, and this is what we predicted. We said uh, we liked this. This was one of the bets we liked. We said, uh, you know, uh, Bills, I said minus nine and a half. I even think it went down to eight and a half. I think money came in on the Raiders, but. You know, that's, you know, the Bills are, it was never going to be close to the Raiders. I'm not, I'm still not a big believer in the Raiders. Um, but yeah, they, uh, Bills beat them up and both teams are now one and one. So, yeah. And Josh Jacobs has to get it together. I think it's starting to see that him missing camp and, you know, preseason is starting to affect him because I believe he had like negative yards and carries or something. It was, I don't think he had negative carries or negative yards. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Yeah, nine carries, negative two yards. So, yeah, not very good. But uh, anyway, all right, Andy, take over this next one here. All right. Uh, Detroit and Seattle played one of the better games of last season. You might have forgotten, but there was a, I think, 45-42 final last year when it was like, wow, these uh, Seahawks are for real on offense. It doesn't matter if Detroit's not a good defense. It's a lot of points to put up. And uh, they delivered again in the rematch um, with Seattle winning in overtime on another high-scoring game. So uh, Seattle bounced back from a really bad week one and uh, put up some points here. So, um, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Both of these teams seem to be good offense, bad defense, which is like um, kind of the best thing to be um, if you're a football fan. It just doesn't break your heart in any way um, when you have a great offense and a horrible defense. Um, So you want to take this next game, Tony? (laughs) Yeah, 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 Andy. Not want this one. Uh, Tennessee Titans played the L.A. Chargers, and uh, I guess that's what Andy's referring to because the Chargers' defense has not uh, not looked so amazing. Um, the Tennessee Titans ended up winning this game 27-24 in overtime. Uh, they made a – I mean, it was kind of close throughout. It was like a little back and forth, and the, I know the Titans took the lead, and then uh, Herbert drove down, got him down there. Kicked the field goal, and then I believe the Chargers got the ball first in overtime and then just didn't score, and then Titans were able to get down there and do enough. Uh, they, they maintained Henry for the most part, 25 carries, 80 yards. Uh, that's not horrible. Keenan Allen has looked great this year, though. Eight catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns. For what it's worth, too, the Chargers did not have Eckler, uh, so that obviously hurt the ground game. I'm not sure what Joshua Kelly and company did on the ground. Bad, but yeah. I think Tennessee's going to have a good run defense. Yeah, but I mean, Eckler, it still would have been. it still helps to have Eckler, so... Well, I think where, where it would have helped was um, there's a stack going around that Herbert's depth of target was his highest since his rookie year, which has been a big thing people have been talking about. Yeah, they say they don't throw downfield they enough. They don't throw downfield. They didn't necessarily throw downfield that much in this game either, but they had no 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 uh, throws behind the line of scrimmage at Eckler, which one of the reasons he's usually is low on that is because they throw so many yeah. uh, little passes to Eckler, but they didn't have that in the passing game. Um, yeah, the Chargers were 2 of 14 on third down, so they had a good yeah, offensive performance. Um, despite that, but that's what kind of killed them in third down is always the biggest thing. If you can get off the field on third down or you can convert on third yeah. down, that's the th- the thing that like makes the chiefs so good. It's like, it'll be like a third and 15 and you know, Mahomes does something stupid, plays, yeah. but, uh, all right, what do we got um, here next? But yeah, the last thing oh. about the chargers defense is yeah. Tennessee wasn't really great on offense, but they hit two deep balls. Uh, and there was a stat from a writer who writes about the chargers for the athletic, uh, since Staley took over, the Chargers have given up the most plays over 30 yards of any team. And uh, the the way the Chargers' defensive philosophy works with that coach is they're not supposed to give up deep balls. So the fact that they play they play deep and give up run, like 
they're they're bad at the run and then also get beat deep is is a is a disaster and that's what you've seen so far already. I think three fifty yard deep balls against them already. Um, yeah, and just not like not like a broken play like Pickens over the middle scoring on seventy yards, but just straight up go routes completing them that against them. It's just it's bad. Um, but that's fixable maybe. So yeah, zero two is is a bad hole, but I think. We don't have enough data on the 17 game season to to find out. Everything's like, oh, no, you make go on two, you don't make the playoffs. We'll see. Um, yeah, they. Uh, that, that's one thing to note though about you saying that is that they. Um, what's big is coming up. Uh, they play Minnesota this week on the road, and they are also 0 and 2. So you're gonna have two teams that are very desperate to uh, not want to start 0 and 3. And I, I, it would honestly, I think, be a like it would be a big surprise to me if. The LA Chargers started off 0-3. I did not expect that. But again, I, I still think they're a good team. And even if they did start that, you, they're the type of team that's good enough that they can pull out, you know, six out of seven. And next thing you know, you blink and they're like, oh, we're five and four or something. And yeah, I could also see this season being really bad that they lose a bunch of one score games where they're like, they're not bad, but they go six and 11. And you're like, well, I don't know what you do about that. Because I've seen that a hundred times before. As a yeah. Fan. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. All right. This is the next game here. Tampa, Chicago. I think the only thing I would say is Justin Fields is still a disaster. For yeah, this team. he's not good. Um, yeah, Bears are own two, and the, and the Bucks are two and zero. So yeah. good, good for them. It's been a uh, three teams funny start the South are are two and zero. So they'll yeah. they'll eventually start playing each other. Yeah, well, Carolina. I mean, unfortunately, Carolina has been on the end of it because they have played two division games and they're zero and two. So they're probably like, what the fuck. Um, all right, the next game we got here, Jacksonville, Kansas City. What a lot of people might have thought would could have been like the big juggernaut of the week, and uh, it was not. Uh, it was a very low scoring, uh, game, 17 to nine chiefs. Uh, they got, uh, Jones came back and it on the line and it made a, made a difference. helped him out a little bit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 305 yards with one of them though, being, um, you know, 54 yard pass at the very end where, uh, there wasn't much to do. But, uh, one thing I wanted to say that I noted here a little bit was that, uh, they got a little Kadarius Tony involved a little bit. I mean, he did not do very well the first game, and you know Mahomes got to him early. He had five catches for thirty-five yards, and I believe uh, pretty much all of it was in the first half. Uh, like I said, Sky Moore three catches, seventy yards, but uh, with the fifty-four at the very end, uh, Travis Kelsey came back, but wasn't you know effective. He had, he did have a touchdown, but only four for twenty-six. So uh, both defenses played well. Uh, both teams didn't, you know, move the ball the way they usually do. I mean, Christian uh, Calvin Ridley was the big guy week one for uh, Jacksonville. And this week, quiet two for 32. And Christian Kirk came out, had a very good game. 11 catches, 110 yards, targeted 14 times. So, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence has himself some some good targets. I mean, these are two teams that, uh, you know, can definitely have potential to make some noise in the AFC this year. I mean, the Chiefs obviously always can make some noise. But, uh, you know, if Calvin Ridley really, you know, can help this uh, Jaguars offense. I mean, they, they, they're going to have themselves uh, a good little uh, thing. I mean, you see Zay Jones down there, those zero catches, but targeted six times. So they weren't able to find him the ball. So just good chiefs defense. Pretty much. That's uh, what we can say there. Uh, next up Houston and Indianapolis, the big takeaway here, um, Anthony Richardson, two touchdowns running. He likes to run the ball, but on the second one, he got concussed and missed the game. And I don't know if he'll be out, Future games, I would think most likely they want to be cautious with him. Uh, but he likes to run the ball and he likes to seek out contact. And he's probably got to learn not to do that uh, if you want to keep doing that, if you want to keep running. And we could note, too, that uh, Minshew came in and actually did pretty well. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they brought him in because he played with Philly last year with the offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach. So he knew the system. And, yeah, just a solid backup. So 
but I think they would rather have Richardson back. All right, next up, Rams and Niners. Uh, Rams gave them a good game. Uh, So the the little bit of the controversy here at the end of this game was that uh, with four seconds left at like the 30-yard line or so, um, uh, McVay decided to go for the field goal. And it made it so the Rams lost 30-23. to And what that did, though, is it covered the spread. The spread at most places, I believe, was like about eight, eight and a half or something like that. And, um, you know, McVeigh, I saw a quote that he had today saying like, he's like, I, you know, a lot of, he's like, I heard a lot of people in Vegas are mad. I truly had no idea. And I was actually listening to something today that, uh, actually kind of like debunked the whole, like, so I didn't realize this, but if one of the things that tiebreakers can come down to is point differential. And they said that McVeigh is so smart that he knows that stuff and was like, you know what? I'd rather have three points. I'd rather have us have three more points this game. They weren't going to win the game. They were down by 10 with four seconds. So, I mean, you know, you'll get all the people out there that are like, oh, he knew like Vegas, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, but then you have like the people that are just like, you know, have more, you know, like just more logical thinking that it's like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, like, because I can tell you something right now, anybody listening to this, these players, these coaches, they don't give a shit about your spread. They don't give a shit about your fantasy team. They go out there and they do what they need to do to win games and all that shit. And he, you know, knew that the game was over and said, fuck it. I'd rather lose 30 to 23 than 30 to 20. And that's all there is to it. But uh, another uh, big story there is a receiver. Uh, well, I don't even know what his first name is. Puka. Puka Naku. Although it's a Nakua. nickname, I believe. So. Uh, he had 15 catches for 147 yards. He leads the NFL right now in receptions with 25 through two games. And I have Cooper Cup in one of my leagues, and all I'm saying to myself is that should be Cooper Cup because all this guy is doing is he's only playing because Cooper Cup's out, and now he's probably going to have a he probably has himself a spot now. But gives me confidence for when Cooper Cup comes back because I think he's going to get a he's going to look good. And uh, another solid game, Christian McCaffrey, 116 yards with a touchdown. He currently leads the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, so yeah, but I mean the Rams might be a little bit better than people think. I think they're going to be able to move the ball uh, a little bit. I went over on them. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I know Andy said he thought they'd be a little yeah. bit better than we thought, and uh, seems to be the case so far. But uh, this next game, though, Andy, two teams that I – this is the toilet bowl. It was exciting, but it's still a toilet yeah, bowl. Yeah, so the Arizona Cardinals were projected to be the worst team in the NFL, and they've been better than that. They uh, are still 0-2, but they uh, were up 28-7 to over the New York Giants, 20 nothing at halftime, which means the New York Giants did not score over the first six quarters of the NFL season. Uh, but the Giants ended up putting up 31 in the second half to win, uh, coming back from 21. But they did lose Saquon Barkley. They play Thursday night. There's a chance he plays, but there's a good chance he doesn't. So uh, the Giants aren't good. I think that's the conclusion. They did win the game, but I don't think they're good. Um, I don't think there's going to be a return. No, to the I, I don't here. think they're good either. So, uh, will the other New York team be any good, though? Yeah, I guess we uh, will find out here. And I'm going to say no because... The Dallas Cowboys, they've just had a field day so far this year. They've gotten to play both New York teams, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and they've just taken advantage. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys win this game 30-10. to 10. Uh, Zach Wilson throws three interceptions. He uh, currently leads the NFL with four already, and he which is kind of funny to think that he wasn't even, you know, 10 days ago he didn't even know he was going to be a starter because of what happened to Rodgers. Uh, the Cowboys defense is for real. I know they've played two not-so-great offenses, you know, without Rodgers at least. But, I mean, they're, they're looking good. They're looking good on both sides of the ball. Uh, big thing here to say, too, is that uh, what was it say? the the Cowboy, I mean, their defense look good, but the Jets, uh, the big thing here is that they abandoned the ground game, like, immediately. 
Uh, Brees Hall only had, uh, can we actually look at that really quick? Yeah, the box score here. Uh, Brees Hall had four carries for nine yards. Um, and Dalvin Cook had four carries for seven yards. And then their other running back, Michael Carter, two carries, eight yards. Their leading rusher was Zach Wilson, five carries, 36 yards, 27 pass attempts, 170 yards. But like I said, three picks, one touchdown. Uh, Brees Hall tweeted after the game and just had a four football emojis, which was his way of basically saying, you know, I was only given the ball four times because he had no receptions either. And he deleted the tweet, which makes me think, you know, whether it's his agent, teammate management, whoever obviously told him to delete that. But uh, and it's out of frustration. I mean, you're you're in the spur of the moment. You just got your asses kicked. You know, your starting quarterbacks out all year. You are dealing with this now. But uh, I was telling my dad this, actually, because we have Brees Hall in one of our fantasy leagues. And I said, I'm starting him this next week because if he's that upset that what you have to hand the ball off. Zach Wilson's not that good. So I, I, they're playing the Patriots this week. I expect a, a lot heavier workload from uh, Brees Hall. That's my uh, my opinion for this week. So, uh, but yeah, the the Jets. It's sad because I mean, <laughs> talked about our NFL preview. I said Jets were going to win the Super Bowl, but granted, I said that because they had Aaron Rodgers. We never got to see it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be very off on that because the Jets, like I've said before, aren't even favored to make the playoffs anymore. But uh, Dallas Cowboys look good. Uh, and then, so we can, uh, move on to another, um, a, a little NFC East team. Yeah. And, uh, I should mention here, the NFC is kicking the AFC's ass this year. You yeah, know, we thought the AFC was going to be better. We'll see at the end of the season, but there's another NFC AFC matchup where the NFC came out on top. So I think I saw it was like seven and one so far in the season. Uh, this was Denver, Washington, Washington was down 21, three came all the way back, had a 35, 24 lead, and then almost blew that, um, Hail Mary from the, what's it called? The Nuggets, the Broncos, down eight. Uh, just ridiculous. Hit three guys at the five yard yeah, line. Yeah, and bounced, bounced into, backwards. Yeah. You know what reminded me of? Did you ever play the game NFL Blitz? Or <laughs> there'd guess. be stuff like that where it'd be just tipped up and then somebody would catch it and it was yeah. like chaos. Um, but then they didn't get the two pointer. So I think that's justice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But good, good numbers from Russell Wilson. I think 300 yards. I know 50 of them were from a Hail Mary that shouldn't count. Um, but he also had like 50 yards of rushing too, which is new to his. That's old, uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, he turned back the clock. But yeah, Broncos. What do you, what do, what do you think of the commanders though? 2 0? I mean, is that a real 2 0? I've, yeah. I've always liked, I'm not saying it's real, but I've always, I've enjoyed, uh, can't even think of his name. I enjoy him. Sam so much. Howell. Sam Howell, yeah. Quarterback. Uh, yeah, pretty solid couple, <clears throat> couple weeks for him. Um, they're 2 0, but they, you're going to have to play some real teams eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, their division's got two very real teams in it. Yeah. Some say the two best teams in the conference, although uh, Niners I don't know, are, the Niners, I think. Are I got the Niners. Still the best. But I would say Dallas is making a case to be the second best. Uh, all right. Well, moving on here, we got an AFC East rivalry matchup. The New York. Wow. The New England Patriots against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this was a good game. Uh, 24-17 was the final. Miami won. Uh, the big story there, though, actually wasn't uh, wasn't Miami's passing as much as it was. They were able to move it on the ground. Mostert had 18 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns, including a, a nice big like 50 plus yard run. Uh, Patriots they fought back and they made it close. There was a big play at the end where Hunter Henry had the ball on fourth down and he was going to be short and he pitched it backwards to his lineman, who made a very athletic play for a big man, got it and fell just short. And I mean, just short of the first down, so close that there's a lot of people out there that think he got it. And uh, but they they looked at it, they challenged it, whatever you may have you, and uh, he was short, so uh, they lost. But the Patriots, um, 
are now 0-2 while the Dolphins are 2-0 and the Patriots this week play the New York Jets and the Dolphins are at home against the Broncos. So the Dolphins, good chance to start off 3-0 and uh, Patriots Jets, I mean, that's that might be the game for the last place right there because actually, you know what? I know it's going to be because that is, um, yeah, it's just not looking good for either of those teams right now. Uh, New England's got a nice defense. Uh, they could also give Zach Wilson some trouble. Um is there any, uh, any any notable matchups for uh cuz I think we're done right now with this. Yeah, yeah so any any notable matchups? I mean there's there's two Monday night games again. You got the Eagles and Buccaneers at 4:15 Pacific next week and then you've got the Rams Bengals at 5:15 Pacific. Uh it also has been noted that I don't believe um like it, it seems like they say that Joe Burrow is most likely I think going to be out this week. I'm I'm surprised with that line if that's the case. You so I think I think board. a little bit of that line is factored in that they think he's going to be out. And I was listening today that they it's currently like Bengals minus two and a half. That if he because they're at home, if he is out, then they think it could go as far as Rams plus one or something, or I mean minus one. And if he's going to play, they think it'd go up to about you know four and a half five. But that line is telling you that like they they have a feeling, but they don't know for sure yet because you can't make it one way or the other. Because if you're going to have the Rams. You know, the Bengals plus one and he's playing, you've got yourself a golden ticket. But if you're also going to have the, you know, Buck and Bengals minus five and a half, minus six, and he's not playing, you've got a kind of a golden ticket in the Rams because Bengals haven't looked good with him. So, I mean, imagine what they're going to look like without him. I might like uh, Houston here. It's a big, big spread. Getting nine and a half points against Jacksonville. I don't think yeah, Jacksonville should be higher, uh, favored by that much. No, I, I agree. They're. Uh, and, division games are closer a lot pa- of times. So. Packers and uh, Saints is a good one, too. You get to really, you know, Saints will be on the road against the Packers, the 2-0 Saints. And uh, the defense could be good on the road. I mean, I haven't seen uh, – Derek Carr didn't look amazing yesterday. Their defense helped them out in the fact, too, they are playing a rookie quarterback and a bad team. But, uh, yeah, some, uh, a couple notable ones. You know, uh, Sunday Night Football, got the Steelers-Raiders. That's more notable for the fact of me and my friends. Uh, Cowboys-Cardinals has a potential to be an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> Cardinals have, have been in games, though. So Yeah, they have. I mean, yeah, 12 points is a lot to be favored by on the road also. so Which is kind of crazy to think because you're telling me then if this game was in Dallas, they're saying they'd be favored by about 18 points because they usually say about three points, you know, for, you know, home field, whatever, neutral field. So it's like they're basically saying that if this game was neutral, it'd be 15. And if it was home, it'd be 18. And that's 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 insane to me. But honestly, if the Cowboys were at home against Cardinals, Cardinals probably wouldn't score. So, I mean, <laughs> we've already seen them shut out one team. But uh, anyway, going from uh, the big boys down to the still big boys, but the big boys still trying to get their dream, the college football. Uh, we've got the college football rankings, AP. Do you want to just do the top 10 teams or all top 25? Uh, just some changes here. Not, yeah. not much has changed. I think pretty much all the top 25 teams won. There's a good slate this week in games that can change some things. Yeah, it was the last week before conference play for the most part. Uh, Alabama dropped another three spots after barely beating South Florida, and they have some issues with who are who's going to be their quarterback. They played, uh, they benched a guy who was their starter, and then played two backups this week at different times. So I don't know if they know who's going to be their starter going forward. Uh, Tennessee was the one team to lose, and they dropped a lot. Um, but we also have Colorado almost lost. Uh, they should have lost maybe to Colorado State, <laughs> yeah. who. I'd like uh, they were to favored by. I think talk about that game. Yeah, yeah they. Uh, we'll just briefly talk about that game. That was the headlining game of the week, and it was because the Colorado State coach decided to open his mouth and uh, you know made a jab at Dion, saying that he was always because you know it's notable. Dion's a flashy guy. Dion's got one of the most famous quotes that says, "When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. When you play good, you get paid good." 
Dion's a very animated guy. There's a lot to like about like Dion too. He does it in a way too that you actually don't dislike him. You know what I mean? Or I mean maybe Andy. I don't know, but Andy dislikes a lot of people. He does. Andy's a doesn't lot of like people them. dislike Dion. Yeah, no, I know. He he does have a way about him that you either love or hate him. He's like the ninety like the ninety eight Yankees. There's no in between. Or like the '90s Cowboys, yeah. Which everyone, a lot of people hated. Yeah, and he was on those yes. teams. So, but anyway, aside from that, Dion has a way to get under your skin. And one of the things is he's always got his hat on. He's always got his sunglasses on, no matter what. And you know what Larry David said, right, Andy? There's only two people that wear sunglasses inside: blind people and assholes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, the Colorado State coach made a jab saying that he was always taught as a young man. That when you're talking to people, you take off your hat and your glasses. And that was a jab at Dion. So then Dion, you know, it was a whole video surface of him at his practice saying like, well, you know what? Colorado, they, we were just going to beat them. But now they came out and made it personal. We're going to like kick their ass. Like, and he, and he had his whole team chanting like, what did they do? And he's like, they're like, make it personal, make it personal. So all the media and everybody and their mother was all about Colorado. Like they're going to come out and slaughter them. And all the media is covering them. But what you don't realize in that situation is that's also firing up Colorado State. And they're not getting the media covered. So really, all this is doing, in my opinion, was it was putting a bigger target on Colorado. And sure enough, Colorado State came out there as 23 and a half point road underdogs and gave them a game. Probably should have won the game. You know, give credit where credit's due. Sanders got the ball on the two-yard line, his son, uh, and drove them 98 yards. And they went into overtime and they ended up winning in overtime. Um, but Colorado State gave him a game, but notable too is that Colorado State had a hit on a on their star, you know, corner receiver Hunter, and it did knock him out. He is out for a couple of weeks, I think it said. Uh, and but Dion even came out and said, like, hey, you know, we've forgiven that kid. You know, that wasn't you know a dirty hit, blah blah blah. You know, whatever. But the only thing I didn't like was Colorado celebrated that game as if they, and I get it, they haven't won anything in a long time. But they celebrated that game like they just, you know, like they were going to the Rose Bowl or something. You know, you have Sanders, this, you know, the son Sanders. What's his first name again? Like Shakir or something. Shadir, I don't know. Shadir, yeah, Shadir Sanders, whatever. You know, he's he's giving his press post game interview on the field. He's got a hat on. He's got sunglasses on because that was obviously the whole theme. And it's like, bro. And they stormed the field too. It's like, dude, you guys won in overtime as twenty. You guys won by eight points in overtime as twenty four point favorites. It's like. Give me a break. And they're going to get what they deserve this week because they will get woken up this week as they are playing the Oregon Ducks on the road. And I think I saw their 20-point underdogs. So this is going to be the big thing because if they go out and they get slaughtered, then people are going to be like, okay, yeah, they're out of the top 25. They're not, you know, they're more of a showcase team. If they give Oregon a good game, then it'll be like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe this team's a little bit better than we thought. God forbid if they beat Oregon, then even I'll sit here and, you know, bite my, swallow my tongue and say like, you know what? Maybe this Colorado team is actually pretty fucking good. Uh, it's going to be a bummer though. Cause they don't have Hunter, which was, you know, top recruit guy. But anyway, well, I mean, you have any thoughts on Colorado or what you've seen or what do you think is going to happen in the games moving forward here with against Oregon? Uh, we'll just want to say that in the pac 12 with the eight ranked teams, we're starting to get, we'll get some big ranked matchups. So in addition to Oregon, Colorado, we also got Utah, UCLA and uh, Oregon state, Washington state. So, all ranked teams right there. So that means we're going to see some movement there. So three of those ranked teams are going to lose. And if it's UCLA, Washington State, and Colorado, they'll probably fall to the top 25. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. You know, Cal, maybe Cal isn't that bad, but it's going to be rough. I don't know how many games they're going to win there. Um, but I said that about Colorado. How many conference wins are they going to have? Are they going to even get to three conference wins at the end of the day? Um, 
maybe not. So that'll be a real humiliation after all this hype, if that's what happens. But yeah, it should be should be good. Uh, do we have uh, anything else to chat about, or that's going to do it? All right, you've been listening to episode three hundred and forty-two of the Sports Podcast. I'm Tony, and with me, I had Off-Road Andy. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, just like we said, always please like and subscribe. Um, give us five stars. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, we appreciate everybody that's always listening and everything. So uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We continue to keep doing it. So uh, we appreciate everybody that uh, takes the time out of their day to listen on, whether it be in their car, at their cubicle at work, or just, you know, whenever. We, uh, we appreciate the, the listens. So uh, you go out there and you have yourselves a wonderful rest of your week. Goodbye.